socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Marty, I'm gonna need you to talk right directly right into directly that. into that microphone hey yeah, we're live you know i am hey, turning you up we're what in person mean, what do you mean scott i'm at my home using my home microphone how are you telling me what to do we're in person we're in a big garage that sounds there's better. a bird in here yeah there is a there is a, at least one bird in here <laughs> I'm glad we all, took yeah. it. <laughs> all right silence for the bird kit during I, the, you're not um, gonna get this in, in the game. You gotta turn up. The, we need a room mic. During the meeting on Tuesday, I had mic. to resist every impulse in my body saying, "Hey, shouldn't the bird pay some rent?" <laughs> <laughs> Was the meeting about rent specifically? Yeah, the meeting on Tuesday Kinda. at our. So we're in our band's practice space because we're ending the podcast, but we're not ending the band because. <laughs> Scott's priorities out of whack. Yeah, let me tell you. No, absolutely not. <laughs> My priorities also aren't out of whack. <laughs> no, your priorities are out of whack. Yeah, whatever. Marty's priorities perfectly in whack. <laughs> perfectly in whack. Hey, get in whack. When my principal told me that, and he meant line, but he said whack all the time instead of line. Why? I like this. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't want to elaborate. I like, no, I like where no, this is you going. Have to, no, you must elaborate. This is what we've been missing. Is, <laughs> is this since we're live, um, now the podcast is like way better. Now yeah, we're way better. We don't have the uncomfortable, I can't hide behind bandwidth. Yeah, you can't be like, what's <laughs> yeah. that, Mike? I can't hear you. I think I lost There's some packets in that, in that punchline. <laughs> <laughs> There's some networking errors during that joke. Uh, Marty. Welcome to Swiss Goofs and Novelty Songs. The podcast about dumb shit. Oh, no. I'm Scott. There are five, six episodes left, including the one we're doing, including right this now. one, including yes. this one. I'm Which Marty. We're just beginning. So yes, technically, we got the whole thing left. We've got a whole episode, Kelly. A whole. I just want them episode. to prep. You know, do you think? Just move that mic like halfway. Every yeah. time you turn your head to look it's at Marty, it. you get quieter. Look at myself. Yeah. Mean? Hey, Kelly. Hey, Scott. Hey, that's that's working. That's better, yeah. Hey, troubleshooting. We haven't done this in person for a while, so getting mic technique back is a little complicated. Marty always had trouble speaking into the mic. (laughs) Did I really? That's actually, yeah, you would always, during your segments, you would turn your phone way left, and you would speak this way. (laughs) Yeah, I got to remember to do it like like, this. Hey, (laughs) can you please talk into the mic? Yeah, see, when I'm holding a microphone on like a stage, because I'm on stage all the time, by the way, guys. Uh, I'm perfect. I have perfect mic technique. I've been complimented before about how good my mic technique is. Not here. <laughs> what are we doing this week? This week we're reviewing Sorry to Bother You, a 2018 American black comedy film written and directed by Boots Riley, a musician and activist who was the lead vocalist for the hip-hop group The Coup, as well as a member of rock rap supergroup Street Sweeper Social Club. Riley worked for years as a political activist, organizing mostly in Oakland since the early 90s. Boots Riley had finished the script for Sorry to Bother You in 2012 based on his own experiences as a telemarketer. This film features Lakeith Stanfield, Tessa Thompson, Jermaine Fowler, Omari Hardwick, Terry Crews, Danny Glover, Stephen Yoon, Army Hammer, and the voices of Patton Oswalt and David Cross. The film is a satirical analysis of capitalism and was specifically adjusted to not seem like it was directly a criticism of the Trump administration, given that the script was written during the Obama administration and was intended to not be focused on any one political movement more aimed at the puppet masters behind the puppets. This film also features literal code switching in which our main character is encouraged to perform his telemarketing using his white voice as a way to placate potential customers. 
This film was extremely well-received, gaining rave reviews and a handful of awards, including an Independent Spirit Award for Best Feature, best First Feature for Director Boots Riley. This was a Marty pick? Easily my favorite movie of 20... 20- uh, my favorite word delivery, where you add an incredulous question mark to the end of a fairly innocuous sentence. <laughs> This is my favorite movie of 2018. I love it quite a bit. I never thought we'd necessarily do it on this podcast because it's not a spoof movie, but it satire and spoof, they're they're old buddies. They went to college together. They're cousins, cousins with different parents, all that kind of stuff. So, gentlemen, what did you think of Sorry to Bother You? It'd be weird if cousins had the same parents, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be cousins. <laughs> oh, that makes it more clear. Uh, this movie is very... Very, very good. Uh, and it's very weird. And you know what? I, it's, oh, God, I love it when I get a chance to invoke, well, you know my catchphrase, third act problems. Yeah, this, uh, the twist in this movie, which we'll get to, is like, I think as a metaphor works great. And as like a narrative element is like just too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've pretty much summed up my feelings on it. I it's always like lumped in with these other like great twist movies, I feel like these mind fuck movies. I didn't yeah, feel Inception, like it was a mind um, fuck fight club. <laughs> no. Um I don't know. I can't remember what other movies it's lumped into with, but like big twist movies, big like reveal movies. And I don't like the big twist as much as I wish I did. It's fine. It's good. But it, everyone, I feel like the narrative surrounding this movie, whenever I read about it, whenever I see it mentioned, is praising, like, how, oh, it's so fucking crazy what happens. And I'm always like, yeah, I mean, it, it is. It, like, turns into a sci fi movie at that point for me, though. And I'm kind of, like, less interested in it. I would say it's the, because this movie gets referred to as a post apocalyptic movie. And the only thing that makes it post apocalyptic is the twist in the end of the movie which we can talk about it guys spoiler alert everyone uh the the twist that they get turned into horses that the whole thing is that amazon is turning workers into literal horse not horses. amazon um <laughs> uh worry free that's the twist i thought the <laughs> twist was when he gets hit in the face mm. with a thing by crossing the picket line a can of coke and uh I would say I think it's the thing that makes the movie work in the end because in my opinion, the movie up until that point is like such a good satire that it gets to the point where it's no longer a satire. It's just kind of a one-to-one depiction of capitalism and society. Uh, The turning people into horses thing is the thing that makes it come back around to becoming good satire again, I think. That's what I would say. There's literally a moment before the twist happens, which I caught this time, where Lakeith Stanfield is having a meeting with Army Hammer, and he says, I really got to take a piss right now. And Army Hammer just tells him, no, you have to watch this video now. And I realized, like, oh, that's literally a one-to-one Amazon like parody thing that they're doing there. I never realized that before. Uh, and then immediately they reveal that they're being turned into horses. That's what I mean. I think it's just, like, becomes really grounded at a certain point and then needs to come back around and be a little bit silly to make the thing a little more i think it's silly the whole time and then it's too silly yeah but i don't think it's silly in a haha it's like it's it's dark it's too real 
the yeah, whole leading up is very real. I yeah, just think true. it's like they worked really hard to like establish the world of this movie and it's like a heightened reality movie where like everything everything that's kind of kooky and kind of zany in the movie is still like very like based on like a real world thing that you like wouldn't be shocked to see. you know what I mean it's a heightened version of something that already exists and the horse people you know obviously it's like a metaphor for being like a fucking literal beast of burden a workhorse like, like a literal a workhorse, workhorse yeah. exactly yeah and um apparently i this was brought to my attention it's also a nod to the horse character in animal farm which um i've only read uh harry potter and uh, the hunger games <laughs> the Titanic. yeah i can only read young adult novels so <laughs> i wasn't familiar with that literary reference but apparently like the horse in um in uh animal farm is just like all all he cares about is work and he's just like blindly faithful to the state. Yeah. Or the mm-hmm. farm, if I may. Yeah. The pigs. Yeah. The upper class pigs in yeah, the yeah, animal yeah. farm. Um so but yeah, I just thought that it was like, I don't know, everything was like it's just too too different from the heightened reality. It's too absurd. I don't think it I I just I just think it isn't. Like I think it's like it Well, is. but hold on a second. I think it is. <laughs> but hold on. Let me let me let me add this. I think it isn't. <laughs> I think it's just like it is. It is taking it to the next level. Um, but I think the movie needs to do it to work. Like I just think if it if it doesn't do that big of a choice toward the end of the movie, I think it kind of doesn't. It doesn't land as strongly as it needs to in the end. In my opinion, I, I actually do understand that most people do feel the way you guys feel about the movie. Like generally, most people love the movie and they're like, "Oh, that ending's crazy. It comes out of nowhere." And it's like. It's not an ending though either. It's like the climax. I mean, yeah, like it it's, happens. Still, we still got a good like at least there quarter of the movie more. rest. Yeah, like, right. I don't know. I guess my confusion is like where would I? I don't know where they would go because it's almost too real. It's almost too one to one with like the world we live in in a lot of parts. But yeah, just like moving into the sci-fi sci-fi realm, or that's what I would call it. A lot of people would say no, but it's. It's not what I wanted to happen, but I mean that's just their choice, and it doesn't make it bad. It's just like uh, I wish it would have stayed more grounded. That's like where I am at. Because the metaphor that it's it's like doing still obviously like drives the same message of the rest of the movie home. Right, right, right. What I would have liked is the ending. Is I could have used like another like fifteen minutes of them just like fighting the cops. That would didn't feel it like did, a, yeah. I wanted like the you know fucking Helms Deep. Oh, Battle. that's low budget. Like that's for sure what the that was definitely like because the the yeah. shot. Oh, even the horse people looked like trash. <laughs> like the CGI was objectively yes. bad. The the depiction of the final like battle with the cops is literally like us like uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character is looking through a small window out of the back of a like police van, and so you only get like a third of the frame that they're showing, and it's yeah. because there must be like so much CGI that they had to do. It's, it's like in terrible. the like Universal Dracula, how they killed Dracula in the end off screen. <laughs> yeah, it's like literally like no, a, they did yeah. that because whatever happens off screen is ten times more gruesome than anything they could have put yeah. on screen. It's like Jaws, like <laughs> t- Quentin Tarantino says, oh, when yeah. they cut his ear off, they yeah. pan away. Anyways. Mm. Good movie. Do they pan away? Don't they show the ear coming? No, off? I think the camera does like pan they, they over cut to away. the left. Like the camera's like, we're gonna be decent. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's 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 well, you could think that, but it's more like it's up to you how bad this is. 
It's up to the viewer. It's up to yeah. the audience. Or I think, no, I think it's more like if, like if you were like sitting in a chair watching that, you might turn your head away. Just like, it's too yeah. yucky. Like, yeah. Like there's a director's cut of Hostel where the whole movie is just filming a shadow on the wall of all the violence that's happening on the people <laughs> that are staying at the hostel. Yeah. I've or never if, seen Hostel, by the way. Legit. <laughs> I hope it, this it, reference That would works. be like scary. Or like <laughs> if just like you just like the lights like shut off and like. Yeah. yeah. And then you just hear the person screaming, but it goes on for like way too long. Yeah. I thought it was <laughs> weird nasty. that the uh, Halloween Kills trailer, which came out this week, uh, I thought that was weird that it was just an audio track. Like that was so scary to me. It was just the audio, no picture. I, I, that was really I haven't seen it. I saw the Sopranos trailer and uh, oh, yeah. they were really, also scary. Yeah. They really uh, said, hey, you know that well thought out, like cool character development show that we made like two decades ago we'll check out this fucking joker-fied movie trailer <laughs> for it this fucking yeah the color temperature for sure is like oh it's like really why bad. is everything colored it's this way nowadays sucks. yeah yeah color correction jokes it's that and like the cuts of like yeah yeah tony you're failing out of class <laughs> like dude what's happening we're in a society here ma <laughs> you stay away from my nephew <laughs> Like, <laughs> Why don't you eat the gabagool, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get what you deserve, man. All around me are familiar. <laughs> hey, you saying it's a fucking mad world? It's a mad world. <laughs> hey, hey, did you hear what I said? <laughs> did you hear what I said? I asked him how he got those scars. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much. If you haven't seen the new, what's it called? Uh, in many the Saints, Heights, the Many Saints of Newark. Yeah, in the Heights. <laughs> in the Heights. Lights up in fucking Washington Heights, eh? I eat the gabagool. I ain't nobody's uh, fool. <laughs> Ooh, living well in the house, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Queens. <laughs> yeah you don't um, have to watch the trailer now we just did it for you yeah we did uh sorry to bother you though guys oh, um yeah, that's what we're talking about <laughs> sorry to bother you by bringing us down, down to, to earth, earth. back to the dystopia we live in yeah um let's talk about more of the stuff that happens in this movie shall we there's so much there's so what much do you guys unpack. what do you guys think about the love plot like the relationship plot line i first time seeing this movie did not care for it very much thought it was pretty weak this time loved it thought it worked perfectly i like that it's i think that um obviously over the course of the movie we watch uh the character of cassius go from being like uh true neutral to eventually like chaotic good or like lawful neutral to chaotic good but he's obviously like not an evil guy. He's not actively antagonistic, but he's self-interested in the fact he he feels like he hasn't like made anything of his life, and it's in it seems like the quickest way to feel like his life has some value or some meaning is to like obtain material possessions and also like a high status in this company or whatever. And then uh, Detroit, his girlfriend, is chaotic good and has a very 
strong moral compass, but she's also not a two-dimensional, like, I represent social justice yeah. and I'm not a real person. Like, because she still is, like, very patient with Cassius and is kind of, like, waiting for him to come around and kind of knows he will eventually come around, but also, like, isn't going to push him. She, yeah. she wants him to because they, they do the scene where um, Stephen Yoon asks her, like, why are you with him? Blah, blah, blah. And her like saying because he's grounded and like I like that he is like not as um, not as necessarily progressive as she is, I guess, is really what our argument is. And I think that's like like it's interesting for the movie to present that. And just doing that alone gives her so much characterization for why she would make that choice of being with someone who doesn't necessarily like live the kind of life she does or. I don't know, and that says a lot about her. Yeah, I agree. It's just, like, very... Yeah, the movie is, has a lot of really strongly thought-out supporting characters. Like, all of the characters in this movie, even Danny Glover, who's only in, like, four scenes in this movie, has, like, a lot of depth in just, like, small gestures and small interactions he has with different people. Uh, yeah, I think, this, in general, the supporting cast is, like, incredible in this movie. Terry Crews is good, but it's like, bro, how do you have that much time to work out because <laughs> he was like, only in like 90 hey, seconds of this movie. let me just say He's working out the rest of the time maybe hey maybe if you worked out a little bit less cancel your gym membership yeah. maybe you could afford your freaking mortgage it's bud oh you're so you're asking how his character worked out. yeah his character yeah. no, yeah. that's, that's, that's just, a good point i'm yeah. just messing around He's, he's only in the movie by the way to give uh to make us like lakeith stanfield's character because the, at one point there's no way to cheer for cassius in this movie Except for the fact that he gives some of his earnings to his uncle who he owes money to who's like, I'm going to lose my house. So the only thing they do is just like characterize him and make us like him a but little bit by still, having a nice guy for an uncle. Like, yeah, but it. he's still like selfish about because he's trying to help him save the house so that he doesn't have to move out of the garage. For sure. But but it is just like it's a sl- that's what I'm saying. It's like a slight gesture to make you yeah. not totally hate him. And to circle back to like the love story. Normally I hate it when it, it normally that that type of stuff feels shoehorned into movies like this where it's just like we have to have a love interest plot to please the producers or whatever but this one uh detroit's like like she's like the ground a grounding element for the audience of like how we're supposed to feel about cassius at any given point in time is like where i feel like we relate to how she feels about him at any given point in time like yeah, I don't know. That's nah, I was kind of making that. my own value judgment. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, that's true. But I just mean it's, yeah. You want him. I get what you're saying, though. You she's, want him to, like, do the right thing. Like you're She's saying what we right. would say if we yes. were there. Like, yeah, exactly. She is the audience conduit, yeah. Right, you're like, dude, you crossed the picket line. Yeah. You dumbo. What did you think, uh, so what did you uh, think of the uh can of coke and how that like becomes like memefied. What what do you think that was? Uh, was that a real saying? can? Was it really coke? I don't even remember. Or she says like, drink a cola. coke. Bitch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I like it. I like the idea that the movie commodifies everything. Anything that happens in the movie gets turned into a vehicle for capitalism, essentially. Um, and I, I we're, listener, we're well aware. Scott has another podcast. That's called as the Milwaukee Democrat Socialist Alliance podcast. And they talked about Sorry to Bother You on that podcast. So I'm sure we're going to cross into some of the territory there. So that's literally why I asked the question. <laughs> like, hey, we talked about this. This would probably be good to talk about. Yeah. Um, but no, you guys talk about it. For sure. The, 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 the way that it's commodified and turns into like a thing that he has to use that in order to like, again, gain more uh, material wealth as well as like success in the ways that society deems you to be successful like he has to go on a tv show 
in order to tell people like, hey, this horrible thing is coming. He has to go on a TV show and get himself literally covered in shit in order to have this happen. Um, God, yeah, why I didn't know. the camera turn away for that part? Oh my god, yeah. it was so gross. Yeah, icky. You should have left it to my imagination. <laughs> yeah, you should have just the shit. The screen goes green. black and you hear the sound of well squelching. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's. I think you're right on the nose with uh, it. Everything has to be commodified, and then also I think it's talking about how like uh, revolutionary like things that have the aesthetic of being revolutionary mm-hmm. are so easily co opted into being commodified. Like think, specifically, uh, or go ahead. It was like. When did this movie come out? Was it maybe after the Caitlyn Jenner uh, Pepsi ad? And this was like uh, opposite of that. Now I don't think it was Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> I think it, oh yeah, Kendall. I think, one of I the think it might have been Kardashian. I think yeah, it, it was um, Kendall. Hey, sorry <laughs> to bother you. <laughs> It'd be crazy if she cracks open a Pepsi and then. At, world peace happens pretty much because she gives it to the riot police to the cops, and, then, and like, then the riot police what are, were we like, doing? what are we all doing and then the protesters like yeah i want a pepis yeah <laughs> we have more in common than we have a, a wait, difference we wait both hold, like on, hold on hold on you like cola <laughs> we're both like exchanging u.s dollars for cans of and then that, <laughs> that one rioter so is, is like opposite. i like coke Get him! Yeah, this is the I thought Coke was only true. All right, all right. We can finally sing together. Finally, there's no Latin. We can do something in sync. Uh, anyways, yeah, it was the opposite of that. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, if it was a parody of the Pepsi thing, they fucking nailed it. Yeah, I think I think I think it was after that. But then mm. you, I don't know. But was that part written during the Obama administration? Or was that added in later? Uh, well, the co- the Pepsi ad I think came out during the Obama administration. Yeah, it would have been yeah. around the same time. It's so. weirdly more impressive if it was if they wrote that before. I the think Pepsi he wrote it. Yeah, the, the Pepsi. Pepsi commercial was like, "Hey, this movie's gonna be yeah. big in a couple." I read of this. Years. I found this <laughs> fucking spec script, and <laughs> I know it's supposed to be satirical, but it's kind of good. I think he had finished the script. I don't know if I, if I had that in the intro, but twenty. 12 was what I think the date was. And for, for the listener, he put quotes around finished and also 2012 for some reason. <laughs> well, 2012 is a movie, so you have to put quotes around oh. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, if you italicize it, then that's the movie. <laughs> yeah. There should be like an air italicizing or like an air bold. I guess that's just, just yelling. Do it just right move now. sideways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, lean your head while you say it. Yeah. Oh, God. Um,. Do we rate it? No. What else? Yeah, there's I don't so know. Yeah, there's, there's, about. there's more to talk about. Let's talk about the production design. The production design of this movie is amazing. It's the is best that like part the of art movie. design too? Yes. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like the whole signs shop, I just love that. Every Generic time. sign twirling is so good. It's, it's a very clever idea. Yeah, it's great. Every set in this movie is like a really specific color palette, which is like every movie does this, but this movie has like a very pop sensibility. And uh, in the color tones for each of the spaces, it really comes across strongly in terms of costuming, everything. Uh, the mood is perfect the whole time in this movie because of that stuff, I think. It's like a very strong execution of it. At a, at, like I said earlier, a very low budget level. This movie was a very cheap movie to make, but does not look like it or feel like it. And they do a lot of very small tricks to make the movie pop and stand out in that way. Uh, S- Steven yeah. Yoon, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. He, I don't know if it's Yoon or Young. young? I think it's Steven know. Young. It definitely starts with a Y. The guy from Minari. With an N and there's vowels in <laughs> The guy between. from The Walking Dead. Yeah, the guy Minari. from The Walking Dead. Uh, he, 
<laughs> I just wanted to touch on this quick. He does sign twirling. He doesn't do sign twirling. They, they what? oh, there he was a, starts a and then they cut away yeah, very yeah. clearly to me. I thought it was super obvious. I didn't notice. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's probably just a me thing, or I just think it's funny because like they cut away as soon as he starts like break dancing and then they cut back. <laughs> I love him being. <laughs> and he like stands up in frame. He's yeah. like, yeah, I used to do that. <laughs> no, he I said he that, started. Though. He said he started the too, sign but... twirlers union. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said he started. The, this movie is so. Fun. That's no. what we haven't even talked about how funny this movie is the whole time. He said he started the sign twirlers union. Yeah. <laughs> When we talked about this for the DSA podcast, too, that's what we had this like hour long, super like intellectual conversation. And then I was like, oh, and also it's really funny. At the yeah. Very yeah. <laughs> Which I think we, we went this long without talking about like, yeah, it's full of jokes. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We haven't even talked about like the white voice stuff, which was the thing that this movie was marketed as. This movie was marketed as you're gonna see a black guy use his white voice. Quote to unquote. be fair, that's I feel like that's the if you tried to make a trailer that like picked out any of the other elements of this movie it would be impossible yes. you'd be like what the fuck is this movie well, sure that's, that's why they angle. make the call scene so interesting like mm-hmm. when he, this desk just like flies into the room where someone's having sex yeah. and it's like why did you answer your phone but like also <laughs> yeah, it's I work weird. Yeah, she's service. like she's mad that he called it's weird that you picked yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? of that. Uh, and then also the acknowledge it whatsoever what is going on yeah. these people are the weirdos the bidet yeah. one is the peak one where the guy is just on the bidet and he lands on his lap giving him like and he turns the bidet on <laughs> yes. for him yes. yeah yeah this movie is full of just lots of sight gags a lot of editing jokes a lot of visual humor and just a lot of great like hilarious shit and mm-hmm. then yeah you got like uh david cross and Patton oswald doing the white voice characters in this movie I want to talk about those car wipers for a second. Also, great bit. Those were cool. <laughs> yeah, All right, I'm yeah. done. And then, wasn't there a, a like insurance commercial that like ripped it off later? Or there was oh, some commercial. Maybe. I swear there was a commercial that ri- that did like manual car wiping yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. I have like, no idea. Does your car suck? Hey, does your car? Suck? <laughs> does your car like the car from Sorry to Bother You? Oh, you haven't seen that? Drink movie? a Coke, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> It was a Coke commercial is what happened. Oh, they, they, the cop gave it to a rioter. Yeah. That one. <laughs> um, yeah, I got the, what is it? I got the shit kicked out of me or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which do you like better? Y'all see, have seen uh, Idiocracy. Mm-hmm. So I, like, I kind of the... have. I've seen like Comedy Central uh, moments of it. So Idiocracy has a similar show and it's called Ouch My Balls. Yes. So, which yes. is funnier. Ouch, my, ouch balls my Balls or... is funny. Ouch My Balls is funny. All right. Yeah. We're all in agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three out of three. I feel bad, but yeah, I think Ouch My Balls. I, so... I like Ouch My Balls because I love the state and the state has Ken Marino shouting, I'm going to dip my balls in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, character. Uh, recurring bit. Yeah. Ooh. Not Doug. Doug is the show Walter character. Fuck, what's his name? Because everybody's like, yeah! yeah <laughs> they all, know. everyone on, in the I world knows this guy. That's all, name. yeah, all we know is I'm going to dip my balls in it and then <laughs> everyone cheers. <laughs> yeah. And it's... There's great. one where he shows up at the Last Supper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. That's, I know you state is, sketch. The state, so is, yeah. the state is better... Rem- it's better to remember how the state is because it's not that good when you rewatch. Yeah, it. I actually went back and rewatched the first season, and it's like the last. It's like any sketch me. show. It's yeah, not sure, very good. Sure, sure. But it's like any sketch show where, like, when you remember it, you remember all the hits and you forget all the misses. But mm-hmm. there are still some the state sketches that absolutely fucking slap. Yeah. Can I just say I think you should leave is the best about that. Even though all the sketches are which character in this sketch is crazy, <laughs> they still like rewatching that show hits 
hard for me. Season two coming out yeah. soon. Yeah, I know. I'm very excited. This plug is a plug it. for this. I think you yeah. should, can leave. I think <laughs> you, should, all I think, I think you should bother me. <laughs> I think you should bother me. I'm sorry for leaving. <laughs> uh, yeah. This movie. I liked, so to, to, uh-huh. to go back to the, I got the shit kicked out of me. There's always three channels yeah. that you surf through in this world that they create, which was the news of the picket line. I got the shit kicked out of me, and then like the ad for worry free, worry free. Yeah, yeah, and those were the three things. That's great. That's like the the way that they show and develop worry free in the background of this movie is like mm-hmm. very smooth and very. It's very creative. Back to like yes. the whole production of the whole movie. The art direction of the movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like all of the, it's so well shot. Like that's yeah. Tessa Thompson's earrings. Yep. Mm-hmm. This movie could be 50% as interesting as it is and it would still be very good if it still had these visuals. A lot of it is but a lot of its budget cheats and a lot of its exposition mm-hmm. cheats too. Like the TV stuff is like just cheating exposition, honestly. Like it's just like we need to get all this information in here. This is the cheapest way and like usually I think it's looked at as not a good way of developing storylines and exposition in movies, but in this movie, it's just done perfectly. So but why if doesn't it, had it work? Just, like, if it had been the news from our world, yeah, reporting on that, that would have sucked. But because it's the news and the commercials and the TV shows from this heightened reality world, yeah, yeah. I think that's what makes it work as a narrative right. device. And just that everything in the movie has some sort of take on. It's still grounded in our reality, but it is still some kind of take on it. Like his apartment is a garage so like his door is the garage door and it opens up when he and his but girlfriend it's also a wall it's, but a it's wall also a wall <laughs> yeah no it's like everything is just like slightly uh heightened and that makes it just perfect yeah yeah shit i had something oh oh just the um the like mtv cribs mm-hmm. of the, oh, sorry, uh, but, of the worry yeah, free worry where free. the guy just has like a manic fucking disposition the food here is so good uh, <laughs> such a good bit he's, he's surrounded like, by people who are miserable they like, all look sad bed. besides him yeah. he's like eating like over another woman like uh, he's like, eating, like, and like she's just like sad about bed, it like, yeah. Yeah. tray of pudding yeah. yeah there's that and there's the vip room segment too where doesn't he so he's at like the bar and he goes into the vip room because he gets the password from yep. his friend mm-hmm and it's an awful experience. Oh yeah, that was a weird. Little he gets aside, like the drink but... spilled on him, and doesn't he come out and he says that was awesome that or something? Rule. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, yeah. it's like holy shit. Yeah, because it's a show that he just like he wants to be uh, like a important person. And it and doesn't like, matter sucks. what his quality of life is as right. long as he looks like he's hot shit to other people. Yeah, that's yeah. What he cares yeah. About. Uh, I one last thing before mm-hmm. we rate. I would be remiss if we did not talk about the rap scene. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. where the movie gets. I think the most realistic. It's just not even like a parody at that point. Yeah. It's literally just like, yeah, hey, black guy, do a rap, and he's yeah. like, I can't, and they're like, you have to be able to. And then like, he tries, and he sucks, and then he just starts saying the n word, and then like inviting them to say the n word, and that's when everybody's like, this is good yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's that 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 and the code switching thing are I think like the two like strongest most straightforward like metaphors for you know racial society. Stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And how specifically how capitalism will grind uh, the a uh, minority group specifically into you know. A you worker. know what I realized on the second uh, on this rewatch too mm-hmm. was that. Um, so there's there's the first twist ending of we find out about these cow people, and then Cassius thinks that he might have 
taken, he snorted the the changing agent to uh, turn him into a cow person, but then it seems like he's okay, and then the very like last frame of the movie, you see him starting to transform, and you're like, oh shit, he's has been turned into a cow man, which I think is supposed to be like a metaphor for like even when you can see the system for what it is, you're still we're all like of it. We're yeah. I was born in it. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you merely adopted oh, a horse. For so we got a soundboard for this one. <laughs> um, but uh, but um, then there's like a post credit scene of like Cassius as a horseman leading the other horsemen in to go beat up Army Hammer, and I realize Army Hammer does mention there's a reversal agent, too, so if you really need a happy ending for the movie, maybe they kick his ass and then get the reversal agent. I I like to imagine that's kind of the ending, because I think the tone of this movie is, like, the the thing that you come away with from the movie, I would say, is, like, doing the right thing in the smallest regard is an important thing to do in your life. Like the fact that he just like doesn't cross the picket line at the end of the movie and does help them. It's such a small thing. Like they get like barely a raise basically. They, I don't even remember what they say it is. It's probably like a dollar raise or something. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they did like a small thing to better a wider group of people's lives. That's like an important thing and to do in your he life. He can fucking look himself in the mirror. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. And his girlfriend doesn't that's think a, he's I a love piece a movie that shit. I love a movie that has that. that that's that's what you want your your movie. Re- yeah, it it mostly goes back to how it was before, and things are just like slightly better. Yeah, that's which yeah. is like way more realistic yeah. than you know they lived happily ever after. Right, because it wouldn't happen. Um. Can I tell you what I thought of it as a movie? Uh, out of uh, I'm just gonna pick it out of ten. Yeah. Please do. Okay, uh, as a movie, out. ten out of ten. Come on, hey. you know I'm. You know I was gonna say that. And then as a spoof, if we say it's a spoof of telemarketing, or we say it's a spoof <laughs> of capitalism, or we say it's a spoof it's- of how people talk, then I will give it a. All right, as a spoof, come on, like three <laughs> out of ten. There's they're taking yeah. elements of th- things we've seen in movies and definitely having a take on them, but, you know, I don't know if Leslie Nielsen would fit in this movie. Whoa, he might. <laughs> Dead Leslie Nielsen. Whoa, <laughs> Deadly Nielsen? <laughs> 10 out of 10. 2 hey, out of 10. The only Deadly Nielsen I know is the guy from Taken. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Nielsen, Nielsen, <laughs> yeah. same oh, thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think I fucked that up before, too. I think I uh, it's amazing. <laughs> we're repeating jokes. It's time to end the podcast, I tell you. No, not repeated jokes, repeated me being stupid. <laughs> Kelly, let's go. He said his rating. 10 out of 10 is a movie. Great movie. Uh, I, it's one of those movies that I like a lot, but I don't think I really want to watch it again seen it twice it's got a lot to digest but those horse people are very uncanny valley and i don't like looking at them i'd watch it that. up to the horse people part you hate that valley don't I you i just hate third acts I'm, oh, i get hey, it from you i learned brother, it from you problems <laughs> i actually for some reason i like that the horse people don't look that good like i actually think it helps the movie somewhat like i think if it looked really convincing that would make it like too fucked up but the fact that it's like a little clunky like it it makes it like um oh this this horrible corporation who's destroying people they're not like that good at what they're doing like i don't know uh this movie is more satire than spoof or parody there's a spoofy tone to the whole thing it has offhanded jokes cutaways like a spoof movie would but 
fuck it. The podcast is ending. This is our rating. Whoa. 10 out of 10 is a spoof yeah. and a movie. I didn't know you could do that. I love this movie. <laughs> off the, oh, no. Did you just say that off the dome, Marty? Was that off <laughs> yeah. the top of your head? Oh, that totally sounded like I... Uh, um. <laughs> hey, I got a question for one of you, and I don't know who. I'll just... Uh, I'm just going to... Eeny, meeny, miny, Marty. Do you got a song for us? I do. Gentlemen, I'm very glad we didn't talk about one aspect of this movie, which, of course, is the score. That's right, gentlemen. You probably knew this was coming. We're going to talk about Tune Yards this week, one of my favorite bands. May I? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is half of the songs in the soundtrack for this movie. Tune Yards is an art pop, world beat, indie pop, lo-fi band that has been active since 2006, features musicians Meryl Garbus and Nate Brenner. Brenner plays the bass while Garbus does pretty much everything else, providing vocals, percussion, and ukulele. This has been the case since the act's first album, though they have added more members to the touring band as well as to the recording group. The band is similar to many different projects, including you know your mid-2000s arty bands like Dirty Projectors, Of Montreal, Animal Collective, bands like this. Tunyard's first album, Bird Brains, was recorded nearly entirely by Meryl Garbus on a hand recorder mixed by herself on Audacity, the very program we use to record this podcast? Sometimes. <laughs> uh, the last year, but not today. Shout out to Logic Pro. Hey. <laughs> Shout outs. Tim Cook, thank you. That album <laughs> made its... <laughs> That album made its way to Pitchfork's top 50 albums of 2009. Each subsequent album has gained more and more success. You may know the song Water Fountain off their third album, Nicky Knack, which was featured in at least a commercial. And we're going to take a listen to it now. So without further ado, here is Water Fountain. That third album, Mickey Knack, did chart on the U.S. Indie Top 100. Where do you think that album placed, gentlemen? U.S. Indie Top 100? Mm-hmm. I mean, probably one. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and put my headphones on. Yeah, yeah. Take a seat right here. <laughs> and once I do that, I shall tell you, I think... How would anyone be able to gauge what's on the fucking indie? Yeah, okay, yeah. you tell me what's on the Latin what charts, and I'll tell you out? what's on the indie charts. Uh, I believe this was like 2014, maybe? Oh, man, I was barely plugged into that indie scene. I'm going to say number one, because this band is popular. Number four, you both tie, because you both said number one. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Uh, who since, beat it? Hey, that strat would have paid off I gotta many know a time beat before. It. Waves, maybe, 2014. Uh, the National? That sounds more right. That's it, The Waves aren't that popular. The National is not indie. I These mean, are my problems with indie rock. Since that third album, they've released two more, including the recently released Sketchy, which has probably been driving you crazy with its nearly constant Spotify ads. Nope. I. Well, my have Spotify ads. ads have been promoting this yeah, once again. Marty, <laughs> Marty, shocks up algorithm. algorithms to being the world just loves everything I like. Yeah. It's crazy. Why are they constantly nice? telling me to listen to WWE soundtracks on Spotify? It's so weird. Yeah. You guys getting these ads? <laughs> these very targeted ads? They're saying, "Hey, Marty Kazabowski, go watch." It's WWE. so weird. I looked up this product on Amazon, and now everybody in the world is seeing ads for that same product. Yeah. Crazy. I personally have seen Tune Yards twice in my li- life, live, I mean. 
They're very entertaining. Garbus has great vocal control. She loops the beats, vocals, and ukulele strums live as she performs, which is what I would say arguably makes this a novelty act in some way. Of course, we're going to listen to another track. This is a track off the band's second album, Who Kill? Here is You, Yes, You. Art's first album is called Bird Brains. Well, boys, I've got a quiz for you, and it's called the Fun Bird Fact Quiz. I'm going to tell you a fun bird fact, and you're going to tell me which type of bird that fact applies to. It'll be, I've got three options, multiple choice option for you guys. You can ring in first. Hey, there's a band called the Yardbirds, <laughs> and they play tunes. <laughs> so Whoa. this quiz is called the Yardbirds Tune. <laughs> you guys ever listen to Counting Crows? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, one, two, oh, buckle my oh shoe. God. Actually, what? It, never mind. Keep going. I don't have to do a tangent on counting crows. Question number one. No, which... do 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Can Kelly. you give us a quick 10 From minutes heart, on counting crows? From the heart. <laughs> what are you, my oldest brother? Um, <laughs> <laughs> loves the counting crows. I think everyone's oldest brother does. Yeah, yeah. nice Smarty's <laughs> oldest brother reference. <laughs> cool. Number one, which bird is great at mimicking human speech and sounds? Is it? The eagle, a raven, or a chocobo? Kelly. A uh, chocobo. Even though it's not real. I'm going to say a raven. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Scott gets the first one. It Could is a raven. I mean, chocobos do talk, mockingbird. So it's, this is... <laughs> hmm. But they're not real. Or wait, no, I'm thinking of the the little, what are they called, like moguls or something? Yeah, like moogs. Moogs. Yeah, that's it. Uh... Number two, a certain bird has the largest eyes of any land animal. Is that bird the eagle, the ostrich, or the red-tailed hawk? I know my answer, Kelly. I'm going to say the red-tailed hawk. Red-tailed hawk. Wow, you the ostrich. Oh, <laughs> I'm, uh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the fun bird quiz, not the wrong bird quiz. Uh, is the red-tailed hawk <laughs> fake, too? In the Animorphs book series, one of the main characters morphs into a bird in book one and is trapped as a bird forever until... Literally, God gives him new morphing ability, allowing him to morph into a human, but he's still stuck as a bird. Is that bird the eagle, a chicken, or a red-tailed hawk? A lemming. I'm going to say an eag. What was your actual guess? A lemming. That's not an uh, option. Mammal. Not an option. Well, that's, all, that's my guess. <laughs> red-tailed hawk was the answer. <clears throat> all right. <sighs> Question number four. Scott leads one to zero. Two to zero. No, one to zero. You got the first one. Yeah, that was he got the only one he got right so far. Oh, red-tailed hawk was wrong. That's stupid. For the second question, it was the right answer. For the third question, Can what we... did you guess? You guessed red-tailed hawk. For the third I guessed question. eagle for the third one. <laughs> I want this to last forever. Well, it's well we can make going. it last forever if you want to. Go. Which bird weighs less than a penny? Is it the eagle, the lesser goldfinch, or the bee hummingbird? The bee hummingbird. Kelly is on the board with one C, point. C, the bee hummingbird. <laughs> Number five, which bird delivered the results of the Olympic Games in ancient Greece? And I spelled Greece, G-R-E-A-S-E. <laughs> yeah, it's old Greece. Change the yeah. friar. Come on. <laughs> is it the eagle, the parrot, or the pigeon? I'm going to go ahead and say the pigeon because they deliver messages. It is correct. Yeah. It is the pigeon. Yeah. Scott gets it right. Two to one, Scott leads. Good job, Scott. Two more questions left. Number six, this bird features on the popular show Sesame Street as the character Big Bird. 
Basically, what kind of fucking bird is Big Bird? Is he an eagle? Big. A canary? Or a kazooie? Ooh, an eagle? Well, he's definitely not an eagle, because Sam the eagle is. Canary. Kelly's on the board. Yeah, Ties things up two to two. are often yellow. That's true. Big canary. Number seven. Final question. Which bird is commonly referred Hold to? On, can I actually? St- I just have a brief aside. Mm-hmm. When Big Bird flies, do you think his legs are under him or behind him? <laughs> behind him. Behind him. <laughs> so you think he flies like this? As a- <laughs> can I ask yes. a follow-up question? Like a giant capital when T. When Big flies. Bird wear pants, uh-huh. how does he wear pants? Yeah. On his like arms and legs, or like <laughs> the bipedal on, person? That's how he, he wears is. them, though. That's different. Mm. All right, semantics. Uh, I think he wears suspenders with them over his. You watch Big Bird close enough, you can see the fish wire between his left hand and his right hand. It's crazy. Go ahead, Marty. (laughs) Number seven, final question: Which bird is commonly referred to as the mascot for the United States? Is it the eagle? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Scott wins the quiz three to two. Good job. The fun thing with that was the eagle. No one to hold them and no one to fold them, and I'm folding. The eagle was an option. Every I resigned from the quiz. Scott, congratulations on your win. I hey, Scott, we should go back and tally who's won all the quizzes, and then at the end of the podcast, winner gets all of the money any of us have. Have fun yeah. doing that. Or just a trophy. I don't agree to it, and have fun doing it. Uh, <laughs> Scott, do you have a novelty product for us? Yes, I most certainly do. Guys, I have for my novelty product... This what? garden gnome right here. Oh, oh my god. So yeah, I and went creepy. to a store Kelly, and Kelly, you should describe the first part of the gnome and then I'll describe it the second part of the gnome. Red like, hat. Okay, yeah, I, I like its silver beard. Uh white face. <laughs> I I like its um collapsible sunglasses that it's wearing. Jeepers. Well, Blue guys, pants. I'm going to tell you about garden New gnomes shoes. and how they came to be. Garden gnomes are the German Garden Verzigid uh, are, hold on, I'm going to, little mic adjustment here, are lawn ornament figurines of small humanoid creatures known as gnomes. Traditionally, figurines depict male dwarves. So that's already an inconsistency, sentence two of Wikipedia. <laughs> they say, gnomes uh, traditionally depict male dwarves wearing red pointy hats. Typically, gnomes stand between one and two feet tall. Uh, a recent trend has introduced miniature gnomes of only a few and little. As a decoration for the wealthy in Europe, garden gnomes are now present in gardens and lawns throughout the Western world among all social classes and often are regarded as kitsch. In ancient Rome, small stone statues depicting the Greco-Roman fertility god Priapus was <laughs> also the creator of floors, were frequently placed in Roman gardens. Gnomes as magical creatures were first described during the Renaissance period by Swiss alchemist Para- Paris Paracelsus. Para- yep, Paracelsus. As diminutive figures two spans in height, who did not like to mix with humans. By the late 1700s, gnome-like statues made of water porcelain called gnomes <laughs> became popular. So these gnome-like statues were actually called gnomes. They yeah, it's right. important to make that <laughs> distinction. Yeah. Thank and you, they Wiki. became popular household decorations. The area surrounding the town of Brienz, Switzerland, was known for their production of wooden house dwarves. We're just all over the map with what these are <laughs> and what they're called. Wooden house dwarves, gnomes. In Gnome-like. Germany, these garden figurines became conflated with their traditional stories and superstitions about the little folk or dwarves that they believed helped around the mines and on the farm. 
the Dresden Company Bayer and Marish had a small ceramic statue of dwarves or little folk in stock as early as 1841, and although the claim has been contested... <clears throat> although the claim is... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm feeling really stiff all of a sudden. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. Feeling... There's a hat growing out of his head. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That is right. I have switched places with your precious co-host, I, the Garden Gnome. He is of porcelain, and I am of flesh. That's right. If you want to return your co-host to his corporeal form, five riddles you must answer. Oh, no. My co-host. Anyone but my co-host. Do you agree to the terms? I just want to say this only could work in person, so I'm so glad we're doing these in person. I'm so glad we're back in person. Do we agree to the terms, or do we want to get a quote from someone else? (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps a different gnome would do four riddles, but not I. We got this, Kelly. We're we're, we're, we're riddle machines. Riddle number one. What is full of holes, but still holds water? Uh, Oh, the ocean, right? The ocean's got to be full of holes. Sure. Do we get two guesses per question? Uh, uh, based on your first guess, I think you will need many guesses. Uh, Tis not the ocean. Full of water. Oh, oh, oh. A human, what is a human of, body. What is full of holes but still holds wa- You know what? <laughs> Actually, I'm. you got me there on the technicality. Oh, this is going to be... For some reason, you're more tedious than me, the gnome. <laughs> You're the one who asked me a fucking question. I gave you a correct answer. I don't know what you want well, me to yes. say. Well, yes. All right, fine. The human body is full of holes, you little weirdo. <laughs> I, the, uh, the, well, what I had answer. in mind was a sponge. A sponge oh, full of holes. That's, oh, oh, yeah, my that's, more, that's more riddle-based than my, human my body. <laughs> Riddle number two. <laughs> what month of the year has 28 days? All of them. Oh, <laughs> Kelly, Kelly. Oh. I was going to say February like a fucking idiot. I'm very close to taking off my pointed cap and stamping upon it. <laughs> Fine, but riddle number two you nailed, but riddle number three shall curl your whiskers. <laughs> what can you catch but not throw? A cold. <laughs> hey, I've also can I add Mr. Gnome? Can I add I've also gone to coolriddles.com? <laughs> I thought us gnomes only knew about that URL. <laughs> David's parents have three sons Snap, Crackle, and who else? David. <laughs> Part of the problem with some of these is when you tell us it's a riddle, we're like, well, you can. Oh, okay. I have to think about the question. Guys, keep guessing. I feel <laughs> oh, myself oh, returning. Uh, do you want? Hold on. I kind of like this gnome guy. <laughs> do you want to keep the gnome? Yeah. How do we keep both? What the fuck? <laughs> I set up. You guys don't know how to use work the computer. <laughs> He's not wrong there. We, That's we, true. We, need we are ending the we podcast. <laughs> oh my god! I'll do a spoof podcast for a oh my god! Well, we gotta do it with this gnome now. We can hire somebody to take care of Scott's equipment. <laughs> Light as a feather. There's nothing in it, 
but the strongest man can't hold it for more than a minute. Piss. <laughs> Not light as a feather, it weighs as much I as I know. Piss. I just thought about something I couldn't hold for more than a minute. It's usually what and I gotta again? go to the bathroom. Light as a feather, there's nothing in it. But the strongest man can't hold it more than a minute. Light as a feather, there's nothing in it. The strongest man can't hold it for more than a minute. So the minute part I don't think matters. I think it's just there to be a rhyme. Okay, classic gnome riddle. Um, <laughs> so it's just about the weights. Uh, maybe it's a minute. Something a you can't hold that's lighter than a feather. Air? Hmm, you're cl- a cloud? <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, you gotta say There's it. There's water in there. Oh, okay. okay you can't I'm, hold it. Though. I think we've established that I grunt angrily when you guys... <laughs> I didn't hear a grunt. I think the grunt was internal. <laughs> um, The wind? Oh. Uh, ooh, it's a sort of a form of wind. If you th- you're dancing around the answer, a breeze. <laughs> not not it's not a synonym. No, that's not the problem. I said air already. I don't know what else is a form of breeze, wind. wind. A tornado. Uh, mm. Light as a feather. There's nothing in it, but the strongest man can't hold it more than a minute. Piss is pretty good. <laughs> you want to guess piss again? I kind of want to try piss. Maybe if I say it, he'll, he'll say it's right. Uh, tough toot. <laughs> yeah, tough toot. This is what you really got. You can't like... hold it in for more than a minute. It's tough to hold it's coming it. out. It's, tough to hold. it's a hard toot to hold in. It's slight as a feather. You gave him human body. The atmosphere? <laughs> Weather? Light the strongest man that... can't hold it. Hold you, you hold your breath. Oh, oh darn! <laughs> Why did I just I give it hold... away to the? <laughs> I can hold my breath longer than a minute. Watch me, humans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've returned. I'm I'm going. I'm petrifying. Hey guys, I'm back. Thank you for listening. And now that I'm back, yeah. You guys were going to leave me as a fucking Whoa, statue? I mean, what the fuck? The trade-off was pretty substantial. I don't know if you know this. He's I mean, a pretty that, cool guy. He seemed <laughs> like a really guy. whimsical fun dude. <laughs> he was really, I wanted both. Oh, boy. I wouldn't trade you for the world, but also, that gnome guy was kind of cool. I would trade you for that gnome guy. <laughs> well, hey, next episode. <laughs> hey, he's coming hey, back. Come, hey. I think finally. the gnome, it seemed like he had seen... We, got a, we uh, finally have a recurring <laughs> character... <laughs> When we only have six episodes, <laughs> we well, finally five. are going to redo If you're this far in, we have five episodes left. I'm going to round up. <sighs> Great product this week, Scott. Great yeah, job. Thank you. Great job. Thanks for listening. No one's going to tell me a great song this week. Oh, you did an artist. Good, good, great two songs. <laughs> yeah, I did two songs. Hey, Yahweh. Hi, ha. Hey, what are we watching Spirit next Spirit of Spirit. The horse movie. Spirited. Oh, Spirit of the uh, Silmarillion. What is that movie called? Again? I don't know. Spirit. Spirit. The the Legend of a Wild the Horse. Merle Man. Merle Man. Yeah, it's like a gray color of fur horse. Hey, listener. Thanks for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Next week we're doing Spirit, the horse movie. <laughs> you got it clean. Great. Great.